We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecki, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Welcome to the Eight Black Hands podcast. It's been a while since I've been with all of my brothers. Uh, I am Charles Cole, uh, one of the co-hosts of this show, and I'll let everybody else introduce themselves. Dr. Charles Cole. It is Dr. Charles Cole. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, brother. It's, can you tell who you are, Mr. Ray? Sure. I'm, I'm Ray Ankrum. I'm superintendent at Riverhead Charter School, representing for the QSAF. That's, that's the fraternity that tried to recruit me when I was in college. We don't recruit people. <laughs> <laughs> they kept knocking on my door, like, please join the meeting, you know? So, no. Never happened. <laughs> I'm Sharif Elmecki from West Philadelphia, born and raised. Yeah, you know the rest. You, know you the was rest. waiting to get that I, was, I love that. You was waiting to just Look, do that. Philly and Oakland has a special connection. You know what I mean? A special connection. That's what's up. But you, um, how long was you waiting to get that off, though? Um, all day. Okay. Oh, yeah, all morning. Okay. I woke up singing that song. But, uh, yeah. Just, uh, I actually just res resigned from my uh, position as the principal of Master Charter Shoemaker Campus uh, to do work full-time at the Fellowship Black Male Educators for Social Justice, so. I'm glad to see you brothers dressed for the occasion. <laughs> Look, I, this, this shirt, hold up, this shirt, who taught you to hate yourself? This is all, this is relevant everywhere I go, so, you know, this is a... One of my favorite Malcolm X quotes, so it's relevant. Well, I, got I wore this to the White House, I got a different House, email, bro. but okay, all right. Um, good morning, I'm Chris Stewart. I'm the new incoming CEO of Education Post. Um, thank you, thank you. Um, I also like to mention that you are in the city right now, not far from here is where I dropped out of high school. Um, so, so shout out to dropouts. Oh, wrong crowd, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, wrong crowd. Yeah, we can't um, edit a lot of stuff off. Yeah, of we can't edit it. I forgot, y'all educators. So uh, uh, shout out to people who drop out and then come back because they know that it's a cop out to not come back. So, so shout out. Shout out. Yeah, so, so fellas, this is a special episode for us. This is the first time that we're doing a live taping. Um, so we got to really bring it, and I'm really honored that we got to do it in my hometown. So what we want to ask folks is always, if you're new to the A Black Hands, we'll, we'll, we'll explain a few things. But one, there's a hashtag, uh, hashtag A Black Hands. Uh, we, we like to engage with you all on Twitter to keep the conversation going. And for the folks in the room, there's a QR code that takes you to the podcast. And if you listen on iTunes, please uh, comment and subscribe and do all that good stuff. But what we really want to talk about in a room full of educators of color and a lot of black educators and school leaders is that there's an assault on black schools. There's an assault. Uh, I'm in a city right now where they're going very, very hard on, on, on black schools. And you know, to be able to be in a room full of folks that said, hey, the, the education system that we have right now are not serving our babies well. We want to give an alternative. And then for folks and organizations to come in and try to stomp y'all out, especially like these single site type smaller charters, uh, I, I think that that's a problem. But I think there are some folks here better positioned to kick us off with that. So, Ray, I know that you are, um, you have experience working in a bunch of different settings, man. So, 
How about you kick us off? Do you feel like there's an assault? And, what, and if so, what does that look like? I mean, generally, not just education, but there's assault on black people just in general. Um, but definitely within uh, the students that we service. Uh, in California, black students are the lowest performing subgroup of students. Um, so we got to do what we got to do as black folks in order to, and, and, and we don't want to leave Latinx folks out, out because we feel like there needs to be a stage full of Latinx folks that are doing this type of podcast and that are sending that type of message as well. So we don't want to leave them out. But um, we definitely are trying to get the We're trying to be the voice for y'all because there's a lot of things that you guys may not be able to say in like charter unfriendly areas. So we try to be that voice for you guys and speak for you guys on the behalf. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think it's, it's definitely, and it's, but it's, the thing about it is not new. Mm -hmm. Right, like the assault on on uh, black-led schools has has been uh, pervasive, and I, and I remember uh, just growing up, you know, after you know, whether the Panthers were opening up schools or other activists were opening up schools, there was a, a you know like this animosity towards it. Mm -hmm. But if and you trace it back further, black children being educated by their own has always been in this country an issue, right? So whether uh, black folks were were sneaking in the barn, they were educating their children and their, the, uh, their people's children. Whether they were sneaking in the woods, they were educating you know, their, their people as often as they could. Every, every inch that they could get, they could do it, and it was always under assault. So there's a long history of, of people um, you know, basically trying to undermine the education of, of black children. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is why you know, this network and this organization is so important because you know, I, I always, you know, picture that, that uh, back in the 13 colonies, you know, with, you know, you always see that snake that's chopped up and they were saying like, you know, unite or die or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, our, 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 our network has to have that kind of vision. You know, Malcolm X says study history because history is the best way to advance your cause. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we can see what people have done in the past that, that helped us be successful and what were the flaws that led to their demise? And so if we don't unite and stand as one and just give cover to each other, fight with each other, for each other, um, they're gonna just keep picking. Because we need to know they are coming after that. They, they, don't, like, they don't want black kids educated, we know that. And so <laughs> if we start trying to do that, it's, it's still gonna be um, you know, an assault on it. One thing I wanna add about just like black-led charter schools is that we know that there's an assault on you. And you guys are in the thick of things, and a lot of times you're by yourself. You don't have that holding environment. You don't have that convening um, besides this. But there's no reason why everybody in this room shouldn't be following each other on Twitter uh, and providing that network and that resource for folks so that if somebody comes after you that doesn't look like you, we're all there and we're all banding together in order to support you. Like, this is what this is for. We're here to support you. And just make sure it doesn't end there. Like Thomas Sankara, you know, one of our heroes in, in, in Africa, talked about like, hey, you know, and this was back in the day, he said, revolution isn't, you know, just poetic language, right? And today, if he was talking today, it's not just a hashtag. You know, revolutionaries combine their efforts to bring about a change, right? And that's what education is about. And so we have to, yes, make sure that we're given that, that kind of cover and, and people aren't just attacking, because, you know, you say something on media, then it just becomes fact. And so, we, you know, we always need that, that, you know, support. And we have to make sure that we are moving in unison when we see there, there's an assault. We were talking about the California issue uh, earlier. 
and um, you know, the NAACP, like who's riding for them? You know, the ones who said like, no, this moratorium is whack. Like it's whack. Like what, how, are you, how do you, you know, be a legacy organization and not defend the most vulnerable, our black children? How do you do that? Like how do you, how do you like, I'm, I'm trying to like wrap my mind around the idea that you stand for civil rights isn't education the most, you know, I know people say, oh, civil rights er issue of our time. It has always been the civil rights issue of everyone's time in the history of mankind. Mm -hmm. Vanglorious. Oh. Did you just say whack twice? <laughs> wiggity, wiggity, whack. <laughs> oh, welcome to the West Coast, the birthplace of hip hop. Oh. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> <laughs> Real hip hop. Citizen Stewart has arrived, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. The vanglorious one. The vanglorious Citizen Stewart from Twitter. Uh, but what's your thoughts, though, man, on, on this? Because I know how passionate you are. You know, are about Richard it. Pryor has this old joke where he talks about like growing up in a neighborhood that's so bad that people shoot you, and then when the ambulance comes, they shoot them too so that they don't help you. Uh, I bring that up because y'all, the ambulance that are coming to save us, right? So I talk all the time about the 8 million black children and the 13 million Latino children that walk into schools every day that weren't built for them, weren't designed for them, and are never going to help them reach their highest potential. And the only vanguard that we have to interrupt that particular problem is you and rooms like this. And the only way that you all are useful is, number one, to do what you're already doing, which is to take upon educating black children and brown children as your main thing. But the second part is to not be disconnected from each other, which is why I understand that there is so much power in a room like this. There is no power in disconnected black people or brown people. There is power in connected people and organized people. So when I see a, a come together spot, a nexus, where you are all wor working in, in unison with each other, I think there's hope coming. But right now, sitting in California, I feel like I'm sitting right now in, this, in the, this is ground zero in the war against black education right now, right? And there's some pretty funky things that I don't understand. The math is crazy here, just in that, like, cross, cross the bay here. San Francisco County is the wealthiest county in California with some of the worst outcomes for black students in the state of California. I can't understand that. I don't even know what that means. It's not like, some of the worst. It's not, it's not some of the worst places for a black kid to go to school. It's the it's worst. the worst place. In the state, but the wealthiest. The wealthiest, the most progressive, all the right politics, all the right politicians, all the right people who say all the right things, all the like love, all the, the Whole Foods in the world that you want. You know, it's all free. Bro, like, don't come know, at Whole Foods. You know, you know, you know uh, uh, all the Priuses in the whole world, all the bumper stickers, right? You know, all don't the come stock in Toyota you can, you can afford. And I the, got a free, I got a 2004 Prius. You got a Prius? Yes, sir. He said that proudly. Welcome to... Welcome to the six black hands. <laughs> uh, we have just changed the show for this dude right here with the Prius. You too tall for a Prius. Yo, you, 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 you have some good points, but I'm trying to eliminate my you carbon footprint. You must be footprint. a Prius with a sunroof so your head can stick out Carbon drive. Carbon footprint reduction. Right, right. See, he, he, he actually he works, a, he should be in San Francisco, right? Like, right, right? Nothing um, San Francisco about me, bro. This is true, this is true. You come from Can the we second refocus? place for, for hip hop. <laughs> Get us back on track, brother. It's all yeah. good, man. So, so, I mean, but, so one of the reasons that we started this podcast is because it's just a lot of stuff happening and there's just no cover, right? And the four of us have been friends for a while. 
uh, I mean, Chris is like the nucleus of this group. Like, we all had a connection to Chris. And we were, so we started this podcast because we would come together and be like, some stuff is just crazy and it's funny. So we wanted to be able to be a voice for folks like you all that's just trying to really do the work, but don't have the type of cover to say what you really want to say and what you really mean. Because think about it. We are, there's a group of folks that's in this room that are people of color that have made it their life mission to teach people of color. And then there's a white-led organization telling people of color that y'all ain't it, but we have not served black kids well since desegregation. And they are saying that y'all are privatizing billionaires. White folks saying this to black people with like natural hair. Like it's just a, like, I'm just, it's, ain't that wild? Like listen man, I live, I live here, I live in the most liberal place on the planet and two out of 10 black kids can read. So let's really talk about it, right? Like if somebody, if, if another country came to us and said, what we gonna do to y'all is we gonna make sure at two out of every 10 white kids can't read, guess who's getting a nuclear bomb tomorrow? That is a war on humanity, that's, an, that's a war on people. And as a child of two parents that have been to jail before, and we now have a jail system that has more black people in it than slavery ever had, we have that right now at one time than the history of slaves in this country ever. How is it that a white-led organization is trying to chase out our black educators that care about our babies? And they're, and they're in a space where they can't even talk about it. Like, that, to me, that's wild. And so we, we create this podcast to be able to just say what we just said because, I mean, think about it, right? These people out here, I wonder how many meetings they in. I wonder how many groups they, 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 that, they, uh, that they have to partake in, how many times they gotta like, try to play both sides of an issue when all they wanna do is teach our kids because they have no cover, they have, that which takes away their agency to actually do the job that saves us so more kids like you don't end up dropping out of places like this, which used to be black. It's not black no more. Guess what else used to be black? San Francisco. And it ain't no more. The Fillmore, you can't find a dark person there unless they are working in service of white people. So don't, so, don't, so don't talk to me about, like, these people will talk to you as if education got bad for black people when charters came. No, no. I went to school here long before charters were here. And it was still bad. And it was bad way before that, right? But if one, and, you know, doc, and I'm going to shut up and get a mic over, man. But I, the no, reason you, why no, you're not. When you no, going to do not. that? <laughs> <laughs> we can do that because I'm, I'm, I'm changing the new leaf. I'm today. about to be a deacon right now. So, so. <laughs> nah, man, I just, but I just, the only reason I, I, I'm saying that is because we were with Dr. Fuller uh, a week ago and we were having this conversation. And there was two things that we talked about. One, there's a difference between schools that have black people working in them and black-led schools. Black-led schools are trying to arm our kids with the armor and the knowledge they need to be able to be what they should be able to be in this country. That's a fact. The other thing that he said, and I want to make sure I give credit, because we were talking about, in Oakland, if you run a black school, you got way more pressure. And the reason why is because a white school can fail, and it's just that white, it's just a school that failed. If you are a black school and you fail, they don't want to fund no more black schools. So I don't know how you walk with that type of stress on your shoulders, trying to educate kids, not having room to fail and to innovate, so you play it safe, but then feeling like nervous when other people are coming to like look at your stuff because you ain't had the time to develop, and all the while, black kids can't read, and then a white union comes and like says that you are the devil. 
and two out of ten black kids. Y'all go ahead. And quoting Huey Newton, right? <laughs> I, I mean, you, yeah, you can go ahead with the Huey Newton. No, I'm, I'm just laughing. You know, we have these these white folks because we have it in Philly too, where they're gonna come, you know, talk to me about you know what the Panthers said and what Malcolm said. I'm like, lady, like my family had five Black Panther Party members in it, so you're not gonna tell me nothing, nothing about what they stood for and what they and what they would do. Because I told him, I was like, you know what? If Malcolm was alive, he'd, he'd open some charters. That's what he would do. And they're like, huh, what? I was like, do your research. I'm like, in the 60s, he told New York City, give up 30% of these damn schools and turn them over to the black people. 30% in New York City. Why? Because he said they were not being educated. So he said, give us 30%, let us do our thing, because we are going to um, do better. Like, that's, that's what he said. So today, what would that be, that 30%? Sounds like turnaround charter schools to me. That's what that sounds like. And this, I think another piece that is really important, that we have to own our narrative. We gotta stop like, you know, like having our, our history co-opted. This idea that only white people start schools is ridiculous. That's not, that's not the case. If we, if we read you know, um, you know, the book, we were talking about this with uh, the history of black education in the South, right? Like, I mean, it's, if you don't have that, you know, meticulously uh, researched. White folks down the South didn't even want their own children going to school. Why? Because they were beholden to the, the, plant, the big planners. They're like, hey, I'm good. I just want my kid to, to we just want to survive and eat and do well, do a little bit better each generation. And we can do that by working with the plantation owners. So they didn't want their kids, they wanted their kids to be farmers, agriculture. It was the black people down South that said, nah, screw that, we're starting schools. They were the impetus to, to actually get it. Because once white folks start saying like, wait a minute, that, that black kid is getting literate. We want our schools too. Like that's how that all happened, right? And so it was black people that had started that, that actually got white people down south to get on board with this idea of public education. But if you hear the stories today about, you know, it's just like, oh, white folks are the only ones that open schools and things like that. And that's, that's never been the case. I feel like too, we're losing a lot of our history and uh, the only way out of it is to educate ourselves. Like, the, the way we got in this situation was shutting down all of our black schools, firing all of our black teachers, demoting all of our black principals, and erasing all of the social capital that they had de developed before the end of Brown, right? How dare you and criticize every, Brown. Br br listen, Brown has got some, some issues, right? And, and you know, don't we gotta be honest people when we talk about it. We, gotta, we have to be kinda honest about, like, there's some issues with that whole deal. Like, that was a bad deal. Like, like, I know it's like sacrilege to say it, but if I was in the room, I would, whoa, 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 let's talk about a few things here. So let me get this right. Uh, so we're gonna shut down all of our schools, erase all of our educational capital, get rid of all of our black teachers, and then we're gonna turn our children over to all white school boards that hate them. Hmm. Okay, see, I don't think this is a great plan. <laughs> like, I actually, like, I'm thinking into the future, and I'm thinking, wow, there might be something wrong with this plan. I can't put my finger on it, but, but this, proud, this plan sounds whack. But if right? I got all the plans. Stop right, saying right, whack, right, bro. Right? So, so, and, 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 and so now we're going to look back on it, and now we wake up every morning, and we're the only group of people in the United States that turns our kids over to another race every day to be educated even though every bit of research tells us they're not ready for us, not prepared, they don't look at our kids the same way that we do, they think our kids are older than they actually are, they think they're less innocent than they, than they actually are, they think they're less capable, less gifted, less blah, blah, blah. This sounds like a bad plan. 
Who who said only a fool like turns a their kid. kids over to their enemy to be educated? Malcolm X. Who said that? Right. This is why there's not a Malcolm, Malcolm X, X birthday day. Yeah. Right. This is why. <laughs> this is this is why we celebrate Martin Luther King. Right. Because <laughs> because. Uh, you know, I mean, they're going to kill you either way. Let's just be real, right? Like, whichever you do, they're going to kill you. Don't think you have a choice like Biggie or Tupac or Malcolm or Martin. You don't have no choice. There is no Andre 3000 of civil rights, right? Like, so, so let's just be real. There is no middle ground, right? You, you, you know, they got you either way, right? You got to so, stop so, this. So, you got to you know, stop this. Like, one of the things Dr. Fuller said to us last week in some of his analysis in history, he said that at some point people figured out in black history that there was no chance of escape and there was no chance of victory. All there was was a chance of extending the lines of hope. And I feel like an organization, and I feel like we're still there. We may not win right now, and, uh, um, and, and we will never escape, but we have to do something. And I feel like you all are the something that we have to do. We just have to do more of it, not tell everybody what's happening, because that's a bad plan too, right? <laughs> just, we've learned that, right? You mentioned the Panthers. That, that was the downfall of the Panthers, was telling everybody what you're doing and telegraphing all your moves. Y'all should just know it's illegal to educate black children in the United States, right? So, so y'all are basically illegal in what you're doing. I, I say this all the time. People think I'm being dramatic. I say this in You are. So, uh, and I might be. But I honestly believe in my heart of hearts that if you wanted to ensure that black people never reach their fullest potential, there's no more efficient way to make that happen than the demand that they turn over their babies at age five to the American public education system. Right? It's the most effective system of ensuring that a people never become what they're supposed to be in your country. And we're the only people that turn our kids over every morning. So how, how many of you guys? That's the happy part of my speech, too, just so y'all know. <laughs> this is like the optimistic part. So this is, Go ahead, Ray. We're, we're not even here right now. <laughs> uh, how many of you guys that are leading black schools where black babies think that white kids need to be next to your black babies in order for them to learn? That brother. I don't see <laughs> any hands, but yet yeah. there's a select group of folks that look like us that believe that, right? So, like, what are we saying to these people? Well, there's research that says that white children have magic pixie dust, and they I've sprinkle seen it, it I've on seen their it. heads. I've of seen black it. Kids, and then they it's just, like white magic. They just get it really smart. is. They just it's like the opposite of Beetlejuice. Their heads. Don't I feel it sometimes in meetings. Like if you agree with them, you get smarter. The more you agree, like you shake your head, you get like your IQ points start going up. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it a works, Beetlejuice bro. skit, huh? That's yeah, white proximity is a, is a you know, it's, it's research powerful. based. It's powerful. It is research based. <laughs> I mean, but that, but that's one of the things that, <laughs> but when, but but that's one of the talks that I give. Right? It's like black brilliance is not contingent on proximity to whiteness, and it's it's not. Now let's scale that up. Black schools and their brilliance don't have to be in proximity to whiteness either, but what they do need is if they don't have that type of backing, then who else is backing them, right? Because how many times have we been in a group of people and like families have been made to feel ashamed because of where they chose to put their kids? Yeah. Like these people are making black and brown poor people feel bad about practicing agency when People with money don't, they, listen. And I'm, you know what? Sometimes we're I'm doing black. it to each other, too. We, I just, that's I just what I'm saying. Like, when do we do some that to Some of our people of a certain Well, that's class, because some people extra work. 
not extra. These Some people the try to be extra people. woke, man. No, no, no. These God. ain't the overwoke people. This is a different group. Like, like Overwoke. Overwoke people are not like the ones I'm worried about right now. Educated Negroes are killing us in some rooms, right? They really are because they're the first ones to step out and say school choice is bad, um, you know, integration is the only way, all this stuff. And then everybody claps and, and gives a, you know, a whatever. And then you ask them, where are you putting your children, mm-hmm. right? And this Private is where things school. get real funky because, like, this is how you build Prince right. George's County, right? Like, like, right? This is how you build entire Shuts. kind of. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Blah, blah. I'm sorry. I thought we were going to tell the truth today. Oh, this is a different podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Continue, sorry. brother. We, and we got about five more minutes before we right? open it up okay. to them. I'm sorry. You say be careful. I'm sorry, PG. I'm sorry, PG. Y'all done changed a little bit now. Y'all got how? a little Jeez, oxen healing you. You got a little oxen healing you now, but right, right, right? Just a little bit, right? You still charging too much for houses, but... But it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to let you do your thing. <laughs> Some of us are the first ones to jump out, though, and say all the wrong stuff about education. Cut off the past to black education and black educators. Integration is the only way. Um, we need to, like, you know, just integrate. Listen, uh, uh, George Frazier, I think, is the one who says this quote. I always love it when he says it. He says, try and open the Booker T. Washington delicatessen in Chinatown and see what happens. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right? We're the only people told, being told to disband our stuff, to break up our black schools, break up our black banks, break up our black education like, like uh, uh, capital and give it away so that we can join the other team. That's, that, that's another bad plan. I don't want to be on the other team. I want to be on the black team. <laughs> Good. I mean, I, I, one of the things that W.B. Du Bois, when he's talking about the talented 10th, you, you see this evolution of his, of his thinking. Um, towards the end, he said, you know what? With the talented 10th, I created, you know, basically he said, uh, it's, it's almost like creating a monster. And then, so it's interesting to see him saying like, hey, because that trust. But, you know, a lot of black mm-hmm. folks, their only problem with white supremacy is that they want a better position in it. That's a fact. They don't necessarily want to end it. Because ending it means that you are changing your, your, your frame of, of reference and your worldview. Menticide is a real thing. Menticide for our black children is a real thing. And some folks don't get out. And so they just amass power. They're still being dined on, right? Like you're not a diner unless you're eating at the table. They're still being, they think they're at the table and they're really not. But they are like pushing other folks back. In Philadelphia, we have these politicians that will sit there and talk. We asked a survey, we got like 50 people running for city council. One of the questions was, would you put a moratorium on on charters. These educated Negroes who are killing us, many of us, five was like the highest number, like, yeah, I would damn sure do it tomorrow. So many of them put up fives. Their kids go to private schools. Their kids go magnet. to magnet schools. Magnet, yeah. Their kids go to, uh, some of them are actually on boards of charters. And yet they are declaring war on black children and asking at the same time, Black people need to vote. Yeah, they need to vote your butt out of here, right? Because it needs to be more clarity. And I, t- I was telling you, like, you know what? We need to just, like, like do a thing about, like, where your kids go. Because that's all I care about. When you stand in the way of other people and the choices they make for children, first question that comes to my mind is, where do you put your kid? Because you damn sure ain't putting them in, in one of those schools that my grandmom said she wasn't putting my parents in. Right. And she would turn over in her grave if I even thought of putting my own kids in. 
And so that school has been there. To say again? I said roll into your finals so we can open it up to the folks. You cut me off, yo. I'm sorry, fam. Uh, He's no, getting too that. radical now. See, yeah, see, no, no. see, you just, no, Why I you got to be the man, Charles? <laughs> My bad. Why you the man it? always trying to police me, yo. Like, right. this is the problem, man. No, keep going, brother. He He got his PhD, and now he like just... Never mind. There you go. There you go. No, no, Between no. the best y'all, y'all said whack six yeah. times. That's whack that you point that out. Seven. That's, <laughs> but, but, but really, like, we, we have to, you know, hold people accountable. There are a lot of people who claim to be amongst us, claim to want what's best for kids, and every chance they get, they're behind the scenes closing options. And for me, that's what, that's what it's about. It's like choice and options. That's that parents being able to have the sovereignty and autonomy to do that and not saying like no the government will be the only decision maker as far as how your how your child is educated mm -hmm. particularly when they have no history to pull from of educating black kids well and, and so i'll say this and i know we got to roll it out this is your final right, thought right final thought which is um we all have to know what our roles are like because not everybody can do everything just like not everybody can wear everything right mm -hmm. like there's some stuff i definitely can't wear just right now um but this is my role I actually watched a couple of our best performing uh, charter schools in Minnesota that were led by people of color get shut down for really silly reasons. Like one of them, a teacher, a substitute teacher came in and saw that kids were being given time to pray during the day and made a big issue out of it, went to the state, put it into conservative media and then the regular papers. And for the next two years, they were under assault. And when we would have community members, us as community members were pretty ignorant. We really just thought like, I mean, it's, it's mostly all poor, most kids of second language, and it's like 97% per proficient. They can't close this school, right? Like of all schools, they can't. Turns out, yeah, you can close that school. And we were in disbelief when that happened as community members. And we had to like ask ourselves, what are our, what's our, our role for educators? Like, what do we do for y'all? Because I'm not an educator. I don't have the fancy book learning like these brothers do. You are an educator. Right. People are learning um, from you right now. But, but this is my point as a parent and as somebody who wants to see these schools continue, and I know you all can't say everything, it's a good idea for you to have one of me in your arsenal somewhere because I can say a lot and get away with it. But we need you to run good schools. You need us to be good advocates and your, def your line of defense, and that is the homeschool continuum that we need to rebuild right now. So my role, I know my role, and I know your role, and we all have to defend each other and make sure that we just keep this going. So the, the first thing that I do when I meet a, another school leader, I ask, um, do you have kids that are school age? And then once they say, yeah, I'm like, well, where do your kids go to school? And so if you tell me that you're running a charter school and your kids don't go to your school, then we really can't talk. Like, I can't, I can't learn anything from you, right? So I want to make sure that you guys walk out of here empowered about the work that you do. We are proud of you in terms of the movements and the gains that you're making for black kids. And we want to do everything in our power to help support you. All right, so thank you guys. Give yourselves a round of applause. I was just going to say, look, I got he six already had his final I thought. know, but you just this made a point. This is your final, final this thought? This is my final, final thought. Your like, final, final, final. What's that comedian you said thought. always repeating himself? Like, final, final? This is my final, final thought. Aren't you from I, Philly, isn't it? Yeah. It's Kevin Hartland? Go, go, go ahead, man. I got six kids. 
brother. I wouldn't put it. all of them in my school. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I got a daughter as about as fiery as they can get, and she'd be up in the school tearing it up. Like, yeah, I don't care if my dad, the principal, watch this. Like, nah. Like, I ain't bringing the type of energy into my school. <laughs> so. I also, I, also, I also don't want my ex coming up to my school for report card conferences. So, so there is, I, so it may be reasons why we may not have our own kid in school. I don't think you should make blanket statements. That's all I'm saying. But you just, so, you just so, made a blanket statement. So I, I know what our next topic is going to be for the next show. It's going to be two fighting. Sharif's parents. So in, uh, in, my, in my final, as we roll out to the folks, I do want to appreciate everybody here. Listen, man, I don't have a problem with, like, I, I, my thing is parent choice. Like, you, you should be able to choose what you feel is best for you, whether that's private, traditional, charter, homeschool, whatever the case is. What I have an issue with is that those in power are telling those without power what they should be doing when they would never do those things because they don't want your kid next to their kid and trying to act like it's something else and trying to cover it up with big words like neoliberal or saying billionaires or whatever. Listen, if we are bought and sold by billionaires, we are all doing a terrible job because we all ain't out here balling out of control, right? If that's what people keep, you know what I'm saying, I accusing do us of. on that. You're right, right. I want to do better on that right, right now. Like, like, how, Howard says that too, right? Yeah, like he yeah, gets a lot of flack. From, from people saying, because he takes Walton money, he said, nah, my issue is that he don't give me more. So, because this the thing, man, like, I say this all the time, and I'm going to apply it to you all. Black families, you on your own. You are looking at the data and the stats and what's happening and the realities, you are on your own. And at a conference like this, like, I'm looking at a bunch of leaders of color and mostly black leaders that are trying to run schools that are under assault just for existing, just for saying, I want something different. You are hella on your own. Welcome to Oakland, because we say hella. You are on your own. And so, like, I think Ray said this earlier, if you don't leave here more united, if you don't leave here with a network, if you don't leave here with safety nets so you can actually take the chances and the risks that you need to take in order to better educate our kids so you don't have to worry about losing your job every day and you don't have to worry about being attacked every day, then our kids will never get what they need because we're too scared to do what we need to do to serve them. That is white supremacy at work and kicking our ass. So, thank y'all for being a part of the A Black Hands podcast. And um, we, we, uh, I know we want to open it up. We gonna, you got to keep us on time, or but uh, you know, I don't know if there's a mic runner. Uh, we are asking that you ask questions. Ask a question. Say what a question is, brother. Right. A question. Right. Don't don't roll up your thesis into your question. You got thirty seconds. I love you, but as you see, I will cut off my own people. I will cut you off in love. All right? And then y'all have to keep us on time. If not we go your over resume. Not all the brilliant things you done said to other people that they didn't listen to for years, so you want to <laughs> say it to us now. Right. And, uh, and please hit yeah. the Twitter up. I'm, I'm following it now, and if there are some questions that come along there, we might bring them up. And can you say your name and where you're from before your question? Yes, sir. Um, good morning. Duran, Ember Charter, Brooklyn. Um, my question is about uh, the future marketplace and as we look at economic empowerment, what do you all think about the tech sector as um, bringing that into our educational uh, programming? Why are you passing it away? You a techie? I, I, I was just looking at the, anyway, I'm not paying attention to Ray. So let me turn my back over here. Brother, I think that, I mean, I think that it's, it's, it's one of many means. Uh, I think that we need to be grabbing and using everything at our disposal to make sure that our young people 
uh, are prepared. I think tech is the thing that's happening now, and I think there will be some other things. If you can do it and you can do it well, um, I, would say, I would say go for it and keep an eye on it. Uh, but we have, I have seen here in Oakland where we tried to overlean on, on technology. And here's the thing, man. We just need to teach kids how to read. Like, I, I just, if, if, I would feel better if just more than two out of ten black kids could actually read and do simple math, right? So all that other stuff is icing, but I think without that foundation of what education is supposed to be, the rest of that stuff is moot, and we only raising a, a, a generation of serfs that will only be able to work for white people. Yeah, I, and I would just uh, add that I think, you know, it's a great technology. We just have to be careful and conscious that, you know, children are relational. Black children are communal. And a, and a piece of technology, so we think 100 years ago, people didn't just put a paper and a pencil in front of a kid and like, watch this technology, like watch it just do magic. Like that in itself won't do it. If you put technology and a black child in a school that's racist, that doesn't like black kids, that uh, what I tweeted out today, uh, these four white educators, including the principal, is holding up a noose and sending the email around. And just because that black kid is in that school and has technology ain't gonna mean a damn thing. Right, and so we have to just be conscious of like, you know, it's the mindset. Do they love black children? Like that's the first question. I ask that for teachers coming in. Do you love black kids? And how will race, class, and privilege play out in your classroom? What happens if they just say no? By then, first of all, they're not applying a shoemaker if they yeah. if they even have right. it. Like they, they know it's mind. coming. Yeah. Um, and I think there's enough people who will hide their no. And say, I, I love them all. Like, no, you right, don't. Right. Stop. This Let's is what our... I think is important about this question, though, is I feel like we got to stop taking the last bus to money, right? Because every like sometimes the, the, the first, second, third, fourth bus went to money, and we're, like, getting on the last bus. All of Seattle was built on this thing that we didn't get on the bus for. So, same thing with Oakland and San Francisco and booming economies elsewhere, all these places. And I think we sometimes grasp for the wrong straws with black education. Maybe we should get kids coding or maybe we should be robotics or whatnot. But sometimes those aren't the wrong ones, right? When I look at a city like Seattle, where 30% of the population is in private school, you can barely get a house anywhere in Seattle that's a million dollars or less, right? The kid, they're graduating kids in that city every year that are never going to enjoy the Seattle lifestyle. Right, San Francisco is graduating kids every year that are never going to enjoy the San Francisco lifestyle, and you have to ask yourself why. You know, what's what do y'all got going on here that you have a pipeline for white kids directly to LinkedIn and Facebook and all these other things, but we're on the wrong bus when it comes to those things, right? So I don't know how to answer your question. Others to say when we look at the numbers and the outcomes, I have a question of why aren't kids enjoying Seattle and San Francisco and Oakland and New York the way that other people are enjoying those cities? Next question. How y'all doing? Hey. Ed Hunley from the Boogie Down Bronx, New York, but I'm working in Florida right now, the charter school. And, and I'm learning. Uncle Luke. Wait, wait, wait. Before, Uncle Luke. before, you, before you go with your Uncle question, Luke you, had to say, you had to say Boogie Down Bronx to make yourself seem hard because you work in Florida. I had to say, I had to say, yeah, yeah, that's part of it. That's part, hey, questions only, right? Yeah. No, I said, Boogie, I said Boogie Down Bronx because I was going to support my boys on the right with the use of the word whack because that was a very big part of my rearing. Yeah, all right. So it's whack that y'all hating on whack. Yeah. That's so 10 times. So, all right. So I'm down in Florida, but listen, part is, is question 1A is. You please, say question 1A? Yeah, 1A, because <laughs> it's a quick question, man, if y'all stop. One. 1A is <laughs> how do we make it 10 black hands? Because I, I love what's going on, and I might want to throw a couple of hands in there one day when I grow up. Uh -huh. And two is with the 
This is the first place I've been where they've openly spoken about the attack on leaders of color. There is a real thing. There's an right. economic attack. There's legal attack. There's all of that. Is there a platform or would you consider a platform for using your reach, your sphere of influence to address those directly? Not glaze over it, like say, this is what's happening here and expose it because I think that's the only way it'll stop. So I'm, I'm going to address that. First, thanks for asking your question. Uh, second, if you, there's ever an issue going on in this room where somebody needs us or whatever, like you can come on our podcast, you can have your thoughts and you can share your views about whatever's going on. So when we say safe space, we're extending that to everybody in this room. So. Yeah, and I would, I would just say, you know, one of the, I, th I think one of the, as we talked about earlier, vanguards um, in Philadelphia, I want to say, and I, I grew up in a, uh, a freedom school elementary school, I went to a school called Nithamu Sasa, which stood for discipline now. So everybody talking about like, oh, the discipline, you know, we were all, we had self-control, self-discipline, and as well as we all skipped grades when we went to traditional schools. Um, I'm, you know, they wanted to skip me all the way to 11th grade, and I was, uh, I was 14, you know, based on the test. So like that school prepared us in a particular way, and eventually it closed down without the support. Fast forward to, uh, you know, the 2000s, five, Afrocentric schools were closed down in the city. And, and for the life of me, you know, and I was, I was, my 26 years have all been in, you know, traditional and, and charters. I could not understand how did five Afrocentric schools get shut down and them not having a, a black CMO uniting them. And so I, I think we have to make sure that we are, you know, that we don't get things like founder syndrome that we don't end up uh, saying like, well, this is my space and I can't work with you. And, and you're independent till death. Yeah. And how does that serve kids? <laughs> like that, that just makes no sense to me. And it, it just was really sad to see, um, especially you know, that I grew up in the, that type of school, to see that they could not unify in a way and stop the onslaught. We know like when budgets cut, our previous uh, governor cut a billion dollars out, out of our state budget. We're already getting 30% less as a charter. A billion dollars hit those single charters hard. They did not have the infrastructure. The, the white folks were trying to, schools that did have a little money in reserves, they were trying to pass legislation where you couldn't have a certain percentage of money in reserves. But I think th th this goes back to roles though, like knowing which roles yeah. that we play. What is the community doing at a, like you all have a lot to do. If you had no problems at all, other than just educating children, figuring out what the, the day should look like, the scope and sequence, the staffing, the budgets, the what ability, the technology. If that was all you had to do, that would be enough. That would be hard enough for you. But to actually also have to fend off fights and fight for money and do all the fundraising, all this stuff, this is where the community and people like us, to answer your question, see, because the answer was like a one. Uh, right, a, B, I was gonna C, say, D, I was e, gonna say, that, that brother <laughs> asked a yes or no question. So right. email us to get on the yes. show, and yes, you can yes. use the platform the to help you with yes. your issues. Yes. It was beautiful for Sharif, but damn. Right, we'll right. This is, this is our role, <laughs> and this is why hip hop in the West Coast is better. Because <laughs> right? we just get to the point faster, right? Yeah, so, right. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Next question, no, 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 no. I need to say this. Let I the, need to say it. If I you don't let these it. people ask a question, I need to say it. Y'all are terrible. So here's the thing, right? Here come New York. So this is really quick. I saw someone that had a charter school that the state said, "Hey, give the charters, give give the leadership roles over to other people, and we will allow this charter school to continue to be open." Ego was so huge 
that the charter school is now closed. Okay. Don't let that be y'all. Okay. So can, can we, we take, have guests. What was, yes. Can we take one more question? Yes. And yeah, we will is, answer the question, okay. and it will yeah. be a question. Please. Yes. Can we get a, yes. Can we get I swear a it's a question. We'll take two oh, more. We, yeah, we two need two to get more. a sister in there. So, two yeah. More. We get Sean and then sister up front. I swear it's a question. Okay. Uh, thank you so much. This is awesome. And only you one of us will answer. You said, you said something. Um, I think it's Stuart. You said yeah. something about the role um, of the role that you all have and the role that we have as, as leaders. Um, and our role is to create good schools. Could you talk about what makes a school good, good enough so that the community and people like you will stand behind it um, and want it to stay? So I'd love for us to know what that is. I mean, this is a hard question. So, so I'll just say this much. I always revert back to I'm a parent. I've got five kids. I've got three in traditional public schools right now. That's my whole job. And I need to hold up my end of the bargain with you all. I'm not the expert on what you do, right? Like, the be like you may fool me sometimes that your school is good or that it's bad or it's what whatever, but the educators that I can trust and the rooms that I can trust, I have to be here for you and I have to hold up my end of the bargain. That's what I'm, like, offering to do. Now, I know, like a lot of parents, I bought a house recently. What did I look at when I bought the house? I went on Zillow. And on Zillow, there's that little red button or that green button or that hell no button right down here, right? And you're like, there's well, a hell no this, button on Zillow? There's a hell no button on, on Zillow. Like you see, you're like, baby, it costs the right amount? Oh, look at all this square foot. Oh, okay, we got an acre and a half. And then there's button. And, 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 not gonna work, not gonna work. We could be fooled easily as community, as, as community. So, so, the, the relationship between us is important because you all have all the knowledge, experience, you're working in it every day, you know how we could be fooled. Uh, we are your, your, your power, though, on the outside, so I think this is a two-way street. It's not for me to tell you what I think actually is good beyond what, as a parent, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick the safest school that I can find. I don't want my daughter coming home telling me anything crazy happened because you don't know the type of love I have for my daughter. I have five kids. I have one daughter. I don't even hug the rest of them no more. <laughs> right? That's where my mind is That's at. It's going to be right? Elmecki and Stuart right? parenting at the, so, next, uh, the next show. Let's get to this. I, I mean, but I, I do, I want to add one thing to that. Because Are you sure? It was one yeah. person. Sorry, so one answer. important question. He asked for Stuart. We're making people right. later. The black folks already behind. We're going to yeah, make them even more behind. That's our fault. Make sure kids are safe and make sure they have more opportunities when they finish your school than they had before. And you still did it. <laughs> Sister, how you doing? Yes. Last question. Thank you. Uh, my name is Lensa Fufa, and I'm from Washington, D.C. Um, can you speak to the possibility and what, what I kind of see as a necessity to um, form allyship with district schools and um, non-charter school leaders of color who are fighting this very same fight? So my, I mean, quick, you, my you, quick answer is that is that black educa black education has a long history, and throughout that history, it has been black educators at every level, and in every kind of environment, under trees, in ditches, in a church basement, in a regular school district, in entire school districts, and whatnot. So I I think that there is a vested interest to rebuild black educational capital wherever you can find the resources to do it. We have black superintendents in this country mm -hmm. that are trying to do some really strong things. They don't have the backup a lot of we have black charter leaders, we have black private school leaders. We never talk about black independent school leaders, right? Who are still, like Piney Woods is a school everybody should know. 
what the the history of that school is, whatnot. So wherever you all exist, wherever two or more wait, that's church really though, like two or more same, same spirit. Same spirit, right? Should you be. all should Five have more across game. lines, you all should have a place where you're working with each other. I think that's just my thought. And I would just say Brittany uh, Packnett a lot of times talks about we don't need more allies, we need co conspirators. Last week was John Brown's birthday, my favorite white man ever. Um, so we need more folks like that. I'm sorry. Ray, Ray, go ahead. We're going to answer, Ray. We, we, we just all going to answer on this one to take us home. Why Brittany? What are we doing here? Can, can you just focus? In, uh, oh, I thought it was about his favorite white I, man ever. I thought, yeah. So, okay. All right. That was done. This is what we do on this podcast. I'm sorry, y'all. Just know what you're getting into. Look, I don't usually get to see answer? them. We're usually looking at them in Zoom. You know what I mean? He's in Minnesota. He's in Oakland. So this is like the first time. Do you want to answer? Seen. You're just going to soak? Okay. So, so <laughs> can somebody uh, get a, one of those pictures? Can somebody take a picture? It's all good. This is what he make does. Make a, a, a meme out of so, it. So I, I think you asked an amazing question. I think that, I think that we, need, we need allyship with those folks, and I think we need black and brown people in all of these things. And I think that as somebody who worked in a district, our goal was really to try to just educate children. If you're doing that, then you can't have like battle lines up, right? Because it's not about us and adults and, and, and our egos. It's about actually helping kids and the best way we do that is together. So I think that you need leadership and traditional in these private schools and charters. I think that we need more black and brown people in these unions. I think if we got folks that actually was putting kids first and using that bully platform of the union to actually move things, but with kids and results at the forefront, It'd, it could be real, real crazy up in this piece. So, um, but I, now you want to answer? Yeah. Now you want to answer. Yes, this yes, has sir. been the Eight Black right. Hands Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for your time. I'm going to get my answer. In. So, so I worked in New York City, and I worked in a co-located building. I'll tell a story, too. It, yeah. A long one. You can hear uh, how this starts. Like, a, sat back I was born a poor like black child. And go a, ahead, because we ain't going to get invited back. So right, go ahead. Right, right. In a co-located building in which I was a black school leader, and then the public school uh, co-locator was also a black school leader. And the communication was poor. I would go and I would try to share resources. Mind you, we had eighth graders that were scoring 100% proficient on our, our on our state math exam. They were scoring in like the low 20s. And like these are the same kids that come from the same neighborhoods. But yet they were so perched up on their high horse in terms of knowing that they had that support because it's a perennial failing school but it's never going to close because it's a traditional public school. Um, it's hard to kind of break through what are you doing? It's, it's hard to take a picture of all the response ever. It wasn't even a long story. It was less than 30 seconds. You extended it's, Go ahead, fam. So I would love to see <laughs> black leaders from charter sector, from independent school sector, from private school sector, from religious sector, any other sectors get together and convene and be as one because we should be focusing on black kids, not on black egos. Thank you all so much for having us. I hope you all enjoy the rest of y'all conference. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecki, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening. <laughs>